to the Arts Report for Wednesday, May 6th, 2009. I've got a jam-packed show for you as per usual, but first off today, we're going to dive right into some softball. But after that, we've got some burlesque, we've got new media at the opera and how it's selling them more tickets, and then I'm going to have a live guest in from Cowtown to close off the show. So it should be an interesting one, to say the least. But... Let's get to our first order of affairs, shall we? I don't know if all of you out there knew this, but uh, CITR does have its own softball team. And um, fortunately, this past weekend, we had our um, comeback game against Radio 3. Last night, there was another game. And uh, so in the studio today, I have uh, Luke Meat, our music director. Hello. Uh, Brenda Gruno, our station manager. Hey there. And then on the line from, I don't even, somewhere on campus is uh, Duncan McHugh. <laughs> Go re-ups. The re-ups. Go re-ups. <laughs> All right, uh, so. They keep me in a bunker on South Campus. So oh, oh, well. I, I can't do much damage that way. Well, I mean, I heard you did some damage yesterday, <clears throat> but oh. we'll, we'll get to that oh, yeah. in, in a moment. Um, uh, can, who wants to jump in and tell me how the softball team came about? I think Duncan should because he's the oldest member. So <laughs> Sure. Well, it, you know, it's, a, it's an unofficial CITR team because um, we, uh, it sort of just worked out that there were, are a whole bunch of CITR people on the team. It was at a, a house party a couple of years ago. There were a bunch of us lamenting the fact that all of us love baseball deeply and none of us played. And so Aaron Cumming, who uh, is a friend of well, then was kind of a friend of a friend, um, and Richard Sexton uh, decided to start the team mm-hmm. and um, uh, invited a bunch of us on, and it's sort of grown into be like the unofficial CITR softball team. So um, Brenda and Luke and Gary, who um, does uh, Radio Free GAC on Monday nights, and a bunch of former CITR people as well are all on the team. Including yourself. And, and, and my host yeah. of Dunkin's Donuts. Of Dunkin's Donuts. Yes. Thursdays, yep. Right. <laughs> Um, so, s- softball, um, y- how did the, first, how did the name The Re-Ups come about? <laughs> well, the people that uh, started the team were obsessed with uh, the television show um, The Wire at the time. Oh. And uh, re-ups are uh, a uh, resupply of drugs, <laughs> or it's a noun for, like, that's the verb, but the noun, and the, where our name comes from, are the people that supply the uh, re um, the resupply of, of drugs. The so they're, they're sort of like badass people. Uh, you I, don't want to mess with the re-up. You don't mess with the re no. no. Um And so it was, it was meant to instill fear and confusion in the hearts of our opponents. And I think all, so far we've only instilled confusion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> That's okay. But, well, I, I would have to say that perhaps with a score, last night, for those of you out there listening, the re-ups scored... 33 to 6, was it? That's correct. 33 to 6 against... 
Uh, the, the the biting Charlies. The biting they're, te- Charlies. they're a team in our league, actually. I, 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 would, I would hesitate to um, to get too gloaty or go, yeah. like, to gloat too much about that score. That that is by far the greatest victory we've had. We're turning a new leaf here. You know, we went one and eleven last year. Yeah, oh. and uh, so I, I don't know what happened last night. I missed most of the game because I was golfing. Mm. But. Um, an uh, inferior yeah. sport, to say the least. What's that? An inferior sport. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> but yeah, no, the team looks great this year. Then, well, especially with the uh, addition of, of of new members. Brenda, were you on the team last year? Yes, I was. Oh, okay. And um, and uh, what position do you play? Well, we kind of throw it around every every inning. Everybody oh. gets a chance to play something different, kind of thing. There's not really a set. Mm-hmm. Gruesome Gruno does most of her damage at the plate. <laughs> yeah, I, I excellent. See <laughs> and on the base path. Gruesome Gruno. Or when it's her, we call it the war path. Oh, rare! Quite a slugger, <laughs> let's say. Absolutely. Yep. So, so last year's uh, one win was actually against Radio Three. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the score of the game? Last year, uh, I believe it was seventeen thirteen. Okay. It was a tight game, but this year it was even closer. What was the, this? The game for those of you out there um, happened on Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. at the. Where is the park? It's. We played in uh, Strathcona, didn't we? No, uh, China, uh, Creek. China Creek. Sorry, China Creek. Yeah, kind of near Vancouver uh, Community College. Mm-hmm. It's a nice field. Nice field. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this game this year was fifteen fourteen. Mm. It was very very tight. Nail biting. And uh, yeah, it was very good. And Radio Three are very very good sports and. Um, like they're really fun to play, fun to swap ideas with, and easy to and make stuff. fun of. And, and we all know how to really push each other's buttons a lot of ways, and so it, it always is a very, very, very good match. And uh, you know, it's two media's clashing kind of thing. It's I think always the, fun. Uh, the major innovation this year is that the uh, director of um, CBC Radio Three is named. Uh, Steve Pratt, mm. and so people started chanting, "Beat, beat on, on the Pratt, Pratt beat, beat on, on the Pratt, Pratt with the baseball with bat. his baseball bat because he would hit it right into a double player." Yeah, he was Pratt's a pretty good player, man. Yeah, um, he did all right. Know, props to props to Pratt. I believe I robbed him of a line drive. Yeah, yeah. Last, inning. Yep. In the last yep. inning. Yes, he did. You know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, CITR's inadvertent baseball team, the reups. You know. Well, I must admit that personally, baseball and softball don't have a lot of allure to me. What is it about? You're a, you don't understand the finer things in life, so that's... <laughs> oh, oh, really? You're saying this to the arts director. I have a, a limited appreciation. Oh, it's fine. your opera, but <laughs> It's one of those things, Tracy, that you just... I think it's instilled at an early age where, you know, I mean, I was raised on it, even though I stunk at it. Mm. You know, I still played, and, and um, I think the 90s was a great decade of apathy when it came to sports for myself at least you know I, those were my 20s though so i don't think i don't think you do much in your 20s anyways you're not supposed to at least and uh and then it, i just got re back into it around i don't know like 2000 i guess you know i got back in and watching watching the game and stuff and there's something about the game that just it takes its time it's easy to watch and it's, it lends it's, itself to beer drinking it lends itself to beer drinking and 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 bad food eating you know <laughs> what I mean? and the thing is it's not like hockey where you have to kind of really keep your eyes on the screen at all times like you can sit and converse you can kind of talk and then when you hear you know you go oh hey so-and-so got a hit or something like that you know like that kind of thing you know it's it's definitely uh and it's endless Mm -hmm. you know no one is gonna end it's timeless (laughs) you know like you know it's like it's there's no there's no clock or anything you know it's just it's over when it's over you know and that's what's just what's fun about it you know each sport has its quirks and it's like you know and culture but there's something about baseball culture that i think is a lot richer than many other sports so you know like the just the the superstitions and the the uh i don't know like there's just a lot of like baseball just has so many great stories and funny things about it that um it's just i find it very fascinating speaking of which um luke brought to my attention a um a version of the very famous take me out to the ball game song which actually gets me quite a bit more um let's say uh down down with the sport of uh <laughs> softball yeah, like other than the national anthem no other sport sings in the middle of it well that's that's, that's got to appeal to you but no that's true that's true uh, and i'm a big fan of the seventh inning stretch unfortunately they've changed it to god save america 
and uh, well, they let loose an eagle and stuff like that, and that's all post nine eleven kind of stuff. But in in the fun in the fun times, it was take me out to ball games. They, they still so. sing both, or at least mm. at the, the the major league baseball games that I've gone to, mm. they do sing both. Um, <laughs> my question was going to be, how long is your season? Is... We are we are two games into a twelve game season. Okay, and if people want to head out and support our CITR softball, we have a Facebook page. Fantastic. And, uh, and a Twitter page, too. Twitter.com slash reups. Wow. <laughs> Brenda, you've been pretty silent. Is, is there anything you want to add? Uh, gruesome Gruno? Uh, no. No? No, I, I'm really <laughs> enjoying the baseball, and it's a lot more fun now than when I was in grade two with those scratchy polyester pants Ooh. trying to hit the ball. Mm. Yes. Uh, We're a very fashionable team. We are. Yeah, we got. We, we have, look good. We look good. Definitely. Yeah. What's What's the apparel? It's usually uh, gold shirts. Uh, well, like yellow shirts. And for the guys, it seems to be blue dickies. We've all been wearing. We've all been kind of trying to sport those and stuff. And uh, for the ladies, I don't know. It's kind of anything goes. It's all about the socks. Yeah, socks. the yellow, the yellow American apparel socks. You gold know? striped socks. Wow. Okay, well, a sight to be seen. And also, I mean, if you want to come and see, like, I mean, we're all in radio, so it's like we all know how to talk. Mm-hmm. And so some of the dialogue that happens in terms of chatter <laughs> is, is none, none more amusing than us. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, well, I would encourage everyone out there, if you're at all interested in heading on down to uh, join us for our game, there is a Facebook page and a Twitter feed, so check us out. And to uh, lead us out of this uh, wonderful time, I'd like to thank all of you guys for coming in and joining and telling everyone about this. And You're very welcome. We're going to uh, lead into the Charlie Hustle, which comes from WFMU, the excellent station out of Alberta. Alberta? Uh, New, no? Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. And, and yeah. a, so Charlie Hustle is the nickname for Pete Rose. Yes. And it, it has the, the added... Uh, like back, like 2020 vision, hilarity of him being like a hustler as well. Lovely, lovely. Well, um, this is uh, the Charlie Hustle, um, f- which is performed by Pamela Neal and Mark Gladman, and I hope you enjoy it on CITR 101.9 FM. Ooh, sorry, that's the wrong one. Here we go. Hold on. Oh, oh. There we oh, are. Bring oh, it on. Yeah. Oh yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Thank you. Peace.
12, 2009, BC is faced with a provincial election. Students should vote. When we speak up, they will listen. Vote for candidates who support a reduced tuition to increase access to better education, better transit, and adequate funding to universities. On May 12th, vote in the BC elections. This is a message brought to you by the AMS External Office, authorized by the AMS, registered sponsor under the Elections Act, 604-822-2050. Hey, welcome back to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. It's about 20 after 5 on Wednesday, May 6th. And uh, we're heading into some more on the show. Uh, Burlesque Fest. Vancouver is hosting its first international burlesque fest here in the city all week long. And Megan Turcato, the one of the news directors here at CITR, went out to catch a show on Saturday night, and she brought back this report. I've put it to a little bit of a stripping music all my own. So I hope you enjoy this, and I hope Megan enjoys this too. And thank you so much for going out and getting this for me. Cheers. This is Megan Turcato. This is Megan Turcato at Vancouver's International Burlesque Fest. Despite the torrential downpour and the late hour, Wise Hall was full to capacity last Friday night as the Screaming Chicken Theatrical Society put on By the Seat of Our Panties, part of the fourth annual Vancouver International Burlesque Fest, now taking place at various venues around the city. I feel compelled to say that this was my first introduction to Vancouver's burgeoning burlesque scene, so I had no idea what to expect. The first thing I was struck by was the diversity and enthusiasm of the crowd. The predominantly female audience covered the gamut from commercial drive hipsters to motherly types, wearing the khakis to prove it. Many audience members were wearing costumes that rivaled those of the cast. Elaborate hairstyles topped with feathers or tightly laced corsets in the style of vintage pinup girls. Billed as a burlesque musical, the show was a satirical production. The story of a burlesque troupe trying to put on a show and keep their failing aristocrat theater from going under. Essentially, the production was a burlesque group putting on a musical about a burlesque group. The musical, or theatrical aspect, was the only foreign part, and not surprisingly also the least successful. As the cast often struggled to convincingly play characters who were simply parodies of themselves. It was abundantly clear that these were burlesque performers pretending to be actors, not actors portraying burlesque dancers. The set and amateur production quality didn't add anything to the show. Despite these drawbacks, the crowd was incredibly enthusiastic and appeared to be having a lot of fun with the performance. With such low theatrical standards, what's keeping the theater full and the crowds on their feet? What's attracting such a diverse audience to Vancouver's growing burlesque scene? If I had to guess, I would say that to burlesque enthusiasts, the appeal of burlesque is not the titty tassels twirling, but rather its inclusive nature and its transgression of traditional boundaries. As an outsider, burlesque appears to be incredibly inclusive. By the seat of our panties featured performers in a range of ages, genders, and sizes. The thin-as-in mentality of traditional show business was even a theme of the play. Facing pressure to cut the overweight Lulu from the show, the burlesque director quipped that she's so fat, she looks like she eats. So fat, she looks like she's healthy. So fat, she looks like 50% of the audience. Remarks were met with uproarious laughter and tears from the crowd. This inclusive spirit seems to be why people are drawn to burlesque. People seem to love burlesque because it loves them exactly how they are. Instead of creating mystique around idyllic looking performers, audience at burlesque shows join in the fun by dressing up just as snazzily and shamelessly as the performers. The second reason why I think burlesque is so appealing is that without pretension, it ignores the boundaries of traditional art and entertainment. By the seat of our panties does not pretend to be high art or to be getting at a deeper meaning. Instead, the satirical piece makes fun of everyone, including itself. But it was with this flippant attitude that the show made a point, that we shouldn't take sex and sexuality so seriously. This is one reason people are drawn to burlesque. They can cast off social norms and pass a pleasant evening of exhibition and voyeurism. But maybe I'm reading too much into this. And like the character of Grace, the graduate student who is researching dominant gender conventions, I could benefit from doing a little more titty tassel twirls. Unfortunately, by the seat of our panties was a one-night-only affair. 
but you can catch the Screaming Chicken Theatrical Society in their Taboo Review Burlesque Variety Show Friday, May 8th at the Grandview Legion, as well as numerous other Vancouver International Burlesque Festival events going on all this week. For the Arts Report, I'm Megan Turcato. as always to Megan Turcato for that fantastic review. Burlesque Fest runs in various venues around Vancouver until the end of the week. So get out there and check out some uh, booty shaking and some uh, nipple tassel twirls. Yes, yes, that's right. Nipple tassel twirls. All right. Um, moving right along, you're listening, of course, to The Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm Tracy Fuller. The Vancouver Opera has their finale piece of the of the 2008-2009 season on stage right now. Salome is uh, by Strauss, and it is based on Oscar Wilde's uh, short play, stage play, and it includes the dance of seven veils and the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter and all that gruesome gore. But the Vancouver Opera has been using some high technology this year to try and get more people out to the opera and people who and to draw in watchers, listeners, and interested parties using techniques and technology that aren't necessarily associated with high art or with opera in general. I called up two of the main women working for the Vancouver for Vancouver Opera today and uh, we talked a little bit about the various uh, methods they're using to uh, reach out to the public. And here's our conversation. Hi, my name is Ling and I'm the assistant to the managing director. Uh, I'm Selena, I'm the communications manager here at VO. Well, thank you both for joining us here on the Arts Report today. Thanks for having us. No problem. Um, my first question is, uh, for listeners who may not necessarily be familiar with all the different ways the Vancouver Opera has been reaching out to the community and interacting and promoting the opera this past season and in the past few seasons, can you give us a basic idea of what social media and what platforms on the internet and in other areas you've been using to reach out and to get more more people involved and interested in the opera? A lot of them. <laughs> We've pretty much been using quite a few different methods of social media to get in touch with people. Um, we've got VancouverOpera.ca to start with, and that's sort of the main page, and that's where mm -hmm. things like synopses and about the productions and about the company live. Beyond that, we've also got our blog, um, we've got a Facebook site, we've got Flickr, we've got Twitter, we've got anything and everything. <laughs> yeah, YouTube and also our operalive.ca, which is our multimedia website uh, that, has our, that features our anime. Right. I think a lot of viewers of the opera or people who, kn who think about the opera wouldn't necessarily associate uh, anime, for example, mm -hmm. with the opera. How did that idea and that association come about? Well, the manga in particular, um, it was the team of Roy Husada and Fiona Meng who started doing it originally. Mm -hmm. And Vancouver Opera saw that and thought, wow, this is really cool. So we asked them if they'd be interested in working with us, and they said yes. And now, uh, since I think it was 2006, mm -hmm. I should double check that, but it's been a few years. We've got um, 10 opera mangas up on our Opera Live site, and they do the ads for us in the Georgia Strait. They also do the mangas online for us. So and have have people given a little a warm response to this? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. positive. We've been picked up around the world with different um, websites, uh, particularly like for example, Opera Chic that's commented on it, and um, I think Arts Journal as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, everyone seems to love our, our manga, and I think we are the world's first uh, opera manga. Cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Now, turning to a blog, for example, the your own Vancouver Opera blog, what? It gets written there, and who is doing the writing? Um, the writing is done by, um, it's uh, contributed by a few people, um, by the managing director. Um, I also do uh, some posts as well. Um, the um, 
Director of Marketing and Community Community Programs does. Um, our Education Manager does as well. Mm -hmm. So just um, whoever has anything um, blog-worthy to contribute to the blog can post an entry. So you get sometimes behind-the-scenes looks, sometimes you have interviews with some of the performers or the people in the orchestra. A lot of different things go up on the blog. Absolutely. And from there, you've had the this opera, a Bloggers' Night at the Opera. Can you, for listeners who don't know what Bloggers' Night at the Opera is, can you sort of quickly give a rundown of what that entails? Um, yes, we started with Carmen for earlier this year in January, February, and we invited um, some prominent bloggers, Vancouver local bloggers, um, that a lot of them did not have the exposure to opera, so we actually, uh, it was an experiment to begin with, and wanted to see their views and um, how they like being there, and um, and at the same time be able to reach out to their readers as well and target the younger demographic. Hmm. And uh, what was the response like initially? It was really, uh, really positive. Yeah. <laughs> Were you surprised that so many people tuned into what the bloggers had to say? Um, I don't think so. I mean, part of the reason why we chose these particular bloggers is because we knew they had strong readers. Mm. So, you know, we, we weren't surprised that people were reading the posts. Right. But we were pleasantly surprised just how warmly it was received, how many people commented on these blogs and said, wow, that sounded really cool. I had no idea that's what happens at Opera. I had no idea it was like that, and now I'm going to go and buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the... the the majority of the people who were reading the blogs of like Miss 604 and, and some of your other bloggers that maybe they'd never been to the opera before or they hadn't been exposed to this kind of um, theater? Um, I think a lot of them didn't know very much about opera. They had like, um, it was a lot of myth busting with <laughs> the, um, inviting the bloggers to the opera and um, it, in, in this way it was a bit um, less intimidating for younger people to come to see that it is a, a hip thing to, to come and um, go out on a date night or just to go check out like, you know, live performances. Right. Because there's a lot of critics out there that will say there's a digital divide that keeps the new generation, which is very familiar with going on the internet and, you know, you finding YouTube clips of anything, rather than going out to performance spaces, that there's sort of, that there's a wall that keeps the two apart. Are you, how, how are you negotiating this, uh, gen the new generation and uh, using these new technologies to inspire? Well, the thing with opera is it's a live performance, and you can watch a DVD or you can listen to it on CD, but you're never going to have that experience that of sitting in the theater and being right there where somebody is singing right there in front of you. So the challenge was to take that live performance and convey how exciting it is to people who are not necessarily familiar with that. And using all these digital methods really bridges that gap. We can take aspects of the opera and convey that excitement with those aspects, put them online, and get people to look at those and then take the next step of actually coming down to the theater and seeing what it's like to really experience it. Right. And you're also giving people the opportunity to respond right then and there. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you think that um, these new digital platforms that you guys are using to connect with your audience members and with people who are interested in the opera, do you think that they're surpassing the traditional models of advertising, that, like, let's say, bus ads or newspaper ads or TV spots or radio spots? Do you think that this is almost more productive nowadays? Um, it's productive in a different way. It reaches a different kind of audience in a different kind of way. Um, things like bus shelters and newspaper ads, they're effective for getting the message across to a wide group of people, but you don't get that conversation hmm. that is so inherent in the internet. I mean, we can post something on our blog and have people respond to it and tell us, wait, why don't you do something like this, or I didn't like this, or I really like this. Right. And that helps us. Yeah, and well. it's the same like with our Twitter as well. Mm -hmm. People will um, comment on something, and and we just reply right away, straight back to them. Mm -hmm. so. so that helps us present opera in a way that people will maybe like better for different reasons. And you don't get that kind of interaction with traditional marketing. Right. But we do want to keep doing both because they're both really important. Of course. I'm glad you brought up Twitter, though, because I was, that was going to be my next question is, I mean, Twitter is a platform where you have 140 characters and you're just sort of sending out little messages. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily, like, 
applying that to opera or to any fine art um, doesn't necessarily seem intuitive, but have you, you found that it's been really helpful and useful? Oh, yeah, yeah. How so, what, is, what have your tweets resulted in, or what do you find out because you're tweeting? Um, sorry, you cut out there, Tracy. Can you say that again? Um, what, what have your tweets, um, what, what do they show you that you haven't, that, or why are they more effective or as effective as other kinds of marketing? We have done things like um, our, our opera ninja, who may or may not be one of the people on this phone conversation, <laughs> goes behind the scenes and she tweets about what is actually happening behind the scenes during dress rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And that gives people sort of a, a behind the scenes peek that they would never get, mm -hmm. that we could never present to them through traditional marketing. Okay. So that's been really handy. Um, also, if we have special promotions, we're able to just get the word out in, as you say, 140 characters and say, quick, we're doing this, respond right. to it, and people will respond to they, it. Yeah, they respond as well as, as they often retweet it and send it out to their followers as well. Mm -hmm. that, that's what we find, so. Cool. There's and also a really neat contest going on called Opera Plot okay. that uh, the Omniscient Muscle is putting on, and what she's doing is inviting people to summarize the plot of an opera in you know, 140 characters or oh. less. And it's turned into a worldwide contest where people with the best tweets can win tickets to an opera somewhere Anywhere in the world. world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's those are that's an amazing idea that is definitely getting people into the whole story aspect of the opera as well as getting into the using the new technology and and that's creative. an important aspect of this. Um, opera is still unfamiliar for some people, but once you sort of tell them the story, mm -hmm. they realize that actually this stuff isn't so hard to understand. I mean, I, I can understand what the story is about. I can relate and identify with these characters. Mm -hmm. So do you imagine that it'll just be onwards and upwards in terms of the uh, internet landscape and uh, other platforms in the future for the opera? Oh, definitely. Anything new for next year that you're already sort of scouting out and we might look for? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have, we have things planned. I don't mm -hmm. think we can just reveal them right now, oh, but okay. um, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thanks for thank having me, and everybody should go to VancouverOpera.ca <laughs> and check us out. Absolutely. Thank you to Selena and uh, for the interview. Um, definitely check out the Vancouver Opera Company's finale production of Salome, which is on stage at the Queenie Theatre right now. I'm just pulling up the website now, but I'm pretty sure it runs to the end of the week. And um, tickets are as low as $20, so there's no reason why you can't get out to the opera. It's affordable for everyone, and if you want to get involved online, on Twitter, through Flickr, Facebook, or any other means, check out the Vancouver Opera. They're available online for everyone. And now for something completely different. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ask me a question. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to do this journalist thing, huh? Okay. Hi, Jordy. Hi, Tracy. So, um... It's good to be back. It, yeah, it's it's great to have you back. Last time there was a lot of ambient noise behind you when you were on the show. Was there? Yes, because I, I was interviewing you at the Railway Club about the history of Discorder That's Magazine. That's not true. Yes, it is. Oh, wait, no, you were on the... Yeah, well... I meant, like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, never mind. Woo! Go memory. Um, anyways, so, um... We're we're faking live right now. So tonight's tonight today is Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. Wednesday, May sixth. Yes. Tuition payment day. Actually, is it really? Oh God, oh, yes. That sucks for you yes, guys. No, I know. Let's not talk about it because there are much more exciting things to talk about. So what are we going to talk about? Um, well, why don't you tell me? Some Discord is up to something special tonight. Yeah, we are. We have a show going on at the Astoria tonight with. Um, three bands playing. It's the first time we've ever had a concert, and we're really excited about it. A bunch of bands that have been written up in Discord in the past. Um, what bands are they? Great 2000 will be opening. Um, it's uh, Tom Whalen's uh, solo band. It's kind of a noisy electro-pop sound. He's also the drummer in Rollmock and Orlando Magic, if you've heard of either of those bands. Um, for, I haven't personally, but I'm sure some listeners have. He's a busy guy. Yes. And then um, we've got Petroleum Byproducts, who have been playing a few shows recently. They kind of, they sound a lot like the B-52s, 
except younger, much nice. younger. Nice. They they placed, um, I believe, second in Shindig, not uh, this, year, this year, but the year before. I see. And uh, they were, they're they're quite good. Um, I I really like them. So uh, come check them out. And headliners for the night: New Sensei, yeah, yeah. Noisy Punk. Um, if you happen to be on the air earlier this afternoon, you would have heard them play live on, on Luke's L- show on Luke Meat's show, A Noise. Yes, that's and, right. Uh, so yeah, you guys should all, you all, you listeners out there, should come down. Um, it's going to be five bucks at the Astoria. Doors at eight. Show at nine. That's and, on uh, East Hastings. I believe the number is seven eighty nine. If my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. That's right. Somewhere in there, between May and it's near Hawks and Hastings. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, if you've hit Clark, you've gone too far. But um, is this going to be a regular event, Jordy? We're going to be doing it every month. First every Wednesday month. of the month. Okay, so do you have any idea who's up next month? We have some ideas. Uh, maybe but, gang violence, but they haven't confirmed yet. So ooh. I don't know. We'll get don't, on get, that. don't get too excited yet, okay. but maybe, maybe well, them. All right. Yeah. And this is going to happen throughout the summer? Throughout the summer, for sure. For and sure, then for sure. Maybe, and then who knows? Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, um, thanks for coming on to tell us about it, Jordy. No problem, Tracy. All right. And here's their track by the Petroleum Byproducts. This is Ain't Got Money, and they're on stage at the Astoria tonight at the Discorders Night through CITR 101.9 FM.
a good witch or a bad witch? On Wednesday, May 6th, join us for a night of great local music. CITR 101.9 and Discorder are bringing you a new monthly at the Astoria. Come down on the first Wednesday of every month. Our first night will feature new Sensei, Petroleum Byproducts, and GR8 2000. Doors are at 8 p.m., bands play at 9. That's at the redesigned, re-soundproofed, rehabilitated Astoria Hotel, 769 East Hastings, brought to you by Discorder and CITR 101.9 FM. Hey there, it's about quarter to six here in Vancouver. You're listening to The Arts Report. I'm Tracy Fuller, and I have two very special guests in the studio today. I don't often have live guests come to the show. Mostly people phone in. So it is my pleasure to welcome Jackie D and uh, Jesse D and Jackie B. Sorry. (laughs) Everybody gets that. And there we go. Hi, thanks for having us. No problem. They're all the way in from Edmonton, Alberta, Mm -hmm. and they're starting your tour. What's the name of your tour is the Fresh Out the Box. Fresh Out of the Box yep. tour, and you've got an <laughs> album coming out in August. We mm-hmm. do, uh, which we will be coming back to promote. But uh, this time, it's just we're just trying to lay some groundwork for uh, for the next time we come back. It's our yeah, first time hopefully. out uh, playing in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So, um, so how did the two of you start off? How did how did you come together and start making music together? Um, I don't know. I guess we met at an open stage. Um, I guess like two years ago now, and then I I don't know Jesse was like big time musician. He played like an Ani DeFranco song, and I was like, oh my god! Yeah, and, and I won her heart. Yeah, ah. and then uh, I don't know. I I wasn't really into music at all, and I mean I liked music, but I didn't do it mm-hmm. for for anything. And uh, he asked me to lay like sing on a couple tracks on his last album, Cross Pollination of the Service Station Scrawl. Mm-hmm. And so that was really fun. And then we played our first show together in March of last year. And it's just been like our duo thing ever since. And it's Yeah, playing as much as we can. And yeah, um, yeah, and we recorded a new album recently, which Mm -hmm. we're really excited about. It's all done. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just waiting on the... All the other stuff, right? <laughs> to get it to release it, I'm, tie up all the loose ends. Are yeah. you both from Edmonton originally? I'm from Red Deer, and Jackie's from Fort McMurray. Oh, um, yeah. but as you know, all well, <laughs> most small town Albertans do. They move to the bigger cities because the small place is really brutal. Well, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Big cities tend to have a little more to offer, especially when Mm -hmm. you're in the cultural realm of things. You can dip your feet in so many different ponds and meet so Mm -hmm. many other interesting people. Yeah, and Edmonton's fantastic. It has, like, an unreal art scene. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So supportive, and, like, everybody comes out to everybody else's shows, and we're just so happy when 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 one of us or whatever gets out and starts you know doing, doing their thing I yeah guess. so it's yeah. cool awesome We're lucky <laughs> yeah well it's a pleasure to have you guys out here why don't you hit us with a song and oh, uh right. then we'll chat a little bit more after that okay uh, what do you want to play for us uh well we just got back from a trip to thailand oh um, beautiful what? okay okay where did you go because i was in thailand <laughs> for about a month and i want i can't wait to go back we were there for a month uh, yeah. we went uh well, this the song actually is going to take you um, on some of the places. On some of the we places went. we went on our trip. Yeah, awesome. um, we where went, we got ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we went about stories. as far south as Koh Tao. Okay. And little Koh Chang. Mm-hmm. And on then, the Adamant Coast. Yeah. Right. And then we went all the way up to uh, Pai in the north. So. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Kind of threw out there. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, um, this is Jesse D and Jackie B performing live on CITR 101.9 FM, and the song is called. Thailand. Thailand. Took me for spin, cow and Saturday, 1 a.m. Jet lag culture shock spinning me around. 
Amidst the chaos waits my baby to be found Got a dollar store locked for 90 by Jail cell room, four flights to the top Tuk tuk taxi, ten bought a piece Head out the side as we fly down the street A sucker for every swindler It's the city of smiles Well maybe I'll be your sucker But instead of trial by error I'm erring by trial Took a train for the coast, left the city behind Clear the smog from our eyelids, we've got paradise to find But jump on towns, just like every port town The snake saw us coming and they swallowed us down Through the night And we evaded This hell A sucker For every Swindler It's the city Of smiles Well maybe I'll be your sucker but instead of trial by error, I'm erring by trial. Thieves dressed up as friends Like they can see through our pockets And their eyes lit up like gems And the train up north turned out to be a pirate ship And the scorched out forest whisper told you so Thailand, I've just about had it Thailand, I've just about had it A sucker for every swindler It's the city of smiles Well, maybe I'll be your sucker Instead of trial by error Instead of trial by error I'm erring by trial Thailand, I've just about had it
Wow. Awesome. That was Jesse D and Jackie B right here live on CITR with their song Thailand. That was awesome. Uh, and for those of you out there, if you're a little confused, there, there was some uh, double teaming kazoo action going on live in studio. It was a little difficult. Yeah, we just went over the solos outside. We're like, let's just do it. <laughs> that was amazing. And uh, there's so much that I want to ask you out of that song even. But first, while we're still on the kazoo mm-hmm. moment, mm. when did it occur to you? When, were you sitting in a in a show one day and you're like, you know what this needs? Well, we had yeah. some friends who were, who were messing with the kazoo. And, and uh, I've seen, um, you know, Petunia? You're familiar with Petunia? No. He's this fabulous, like, uh, troubadour, tr- hitchhiker guy. He looks like he's from the 50s, and okay. his music is just awesome. Anyway, he I saw him years ago with a kazoo uh, mounted on, like, a coat hanger. Like, a, usually you'll see a harmonica a harmonica, or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I don't know, I just... Anyway, we're just, like, trying to rework old songs, and we're like, kazoo, and then... I don't know. Thought it would be kind of cool for this one. No, <laughs> it's a little like, <laughs> weird, anyways. So. No, it sounds yeah. perfect, they, it, and it really hits to the uh, eclecticism and the weirdness that is Thailand. I yeah, mean, if you're true. ever walking down Kosan Road in mm. Bangkok, mm. it is the weirdest mix of every tourist you've ever imagined. Yeah, every... yeah, it's so strange. What and brought you guys out there? Well, I'd been there three times, and well, that was my third time, mm. and. Jesse hadn't been anywhere, so I was like, we my first go time might have gone overseas. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. So we we all we saved up and and went, and it was yeah. great. We had a great time, despite yeah, despite the, the negativities the of the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think you hit on a lot of truths because anyone who has taken that backpack and hit the road knows that there isn't any planning. You're not staying. Mm. You don't know what hotel you're staying in mm-hmm. from night to night, mm. no. and you go where the wind takes you. Yeah. If there's a festival going on in Pai, you head up to you're Pai, go. <laughs> and yeah. if the full moon is out, you yeah, head down go. to yeah. what is it, Chiang Mai? No, Koh Phangan. Koh Phangan or something. Yeah. 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 Did you hit up any uh, scuba diving while you were down there? Uh, a little bit of snorkeling, little snorkeling here and there. Lovely. Yeah, we were on a we were on a budget, so the scuba yeah. diving was out of our we budget range. For the snorkel. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Do you find that um, your travels, like, what inspires the songs that you're writing? Because it's such a okay. Because I was gonna say it's such a mix of different styles and everything, mm. and you're not hitting on one specific sound mm-hmm. or one specific instrument. Which is why it's really hard to, you know, tell people, you know, well, what, what do you play? And it's like, well, I don't know. It's, mm. a, bit of, it's a mix of everything, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, we call it yeah, folk jazz. Folk jazz, amped up or something folk jazz. I don't even know. Yeah. But it definitely goes outside yeah. of folk and jazz, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds amazing. Are you guys going to be hitting up any of the festivals across the country this uh, year? We're playing a few. We're playing in BC. We're going to be playing at Robson Valley mm-hmm. Folk Fest and Arts Wells. Okay. In yeah. Wells. And awesome. we have, like, the North Country Fair, which is uh, Alberta's favorite fair. I'm going to venture to mm-hmm. say that. It's awesome. Fair enough. And the uh, Sasquatch. And just, Lovely. like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. We're going to be around all summer. And we got this tour happening, mm-hmm. and we're playing at the Main on Main on Thursday. Lovely. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, yeah. That's kind of why we're here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we're glad, to show. <laughs> we're glad to have you here and to have you play. Mm. Uh, I've got about two, three minutes left in the show. Okay. I, I would love to keep talking, but... Yeah. I gotta head us out. So, um, that this again for those of you who may have just tuned in, this is Jesse D and Jackie B. They're performing live on CITR. They've got a show tomorrow night at the Main on Main. And if you want to check us out, go to our website, jessedmusic.com. J E S S E D E E Music. All right. And you're going to lead us out with a song. What's this one called? This one's called Coffee Song. It's really short, so we probably could fit it in. All right. Thank you so much. This is the Arts Report. Thanks for listening. And this is, I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday night. And check out the podcast online. I wake up, make you a coffee in the dark. Two heaping spoonfuls of sugar And you can have the rest of the cream Cause I don't mind black I don't mind black Don't mind my coffee Like an oil slick Nah, it gets me up It gets me going like a you and a me And the way we stick together We're quite the pair together Who says life ain't fair I'm as happy as a clam in a bed of sand Waiting for you to come dig it And you come dig and dig me up Dig me down Pick me up Swing me around Ground me into bits 
and put me in the pot. Or drink me in your coffee while I'm still high. <laughs> I wake up, make you a coffee in the dark With two heaping spoonfuls of sugar And you can have the rest of the cream As I throw my black, I throw my black Don't mind my cup to eat like an oil slick Now it gets me up, it gets me going I got you and me and the way we stick together your 75 cent coffee fix in the sub. It's your source for reasonably priced, creatively named stew and vegan brownies. It's your purveyor of bicycle delivered local produce. It's also a place where volunteers can realize their vision of responsible business and where like-minded students can explore UBC's food systems. Hark! Sprouts is currently accepting applications for next year's executive board and is encouraging ambitious, creative, and disciplined students from all faculties and year levels to apply. Come by Sprouts in the sub-basement to learn more about our projects and how to get involved. I tried to kick the ball, but my tinny flew right up. I'm red as a beat, cause I'm so embarrassed. I love you. I love you like the earth loves the sun, because your loving rays reach me day after day, no matter how far away we are from each other and mother. Your strength in me is like gravity, allowing me the freedom to be my own, but keeping me in orbit so as to not spiral into an eternity of empty space. And I can't thank you enough for facing the pain of delivering the giant freaking watermelon that is me. I'm huge, and I was, I'm sorry. But gestational diabetes was your diagnosis, and too close for comfort the doctor's prognosis. So when my brothers and sisters were to come after me, kind of a final warning, like a caution sign, but instead of reading that the one you wrote ahead might have brought it was your life I was trying to warn you about. Without even knowing it, I was showing you that God loves you too much to watch you eat your pain away. I love you. So much that for me to say something like this to you is like tearing my heart out and gluing it beside a dartboard, hoping these words will miss their target because I would rather my heart get hurt than yours, for I'm so afraid that yours cannot take the weight. And I can 